0: And I love that time of year when we uh, when we're allowed to sing Christmas carols. And if I were the worship leader, Keith, I'd lead I would lead Christmas songs at least once a month. But I'm not the worship leader, so I probably wouldn't ever be like. But I just love uh, I love to celebrate Christmas. You know, we're in, we're going to take a little break from uh, from Romans, and we're we're going to do three weeks of. Uh, of focusing on the coming of Christ the the kingship of Christ but i just love celebrating christmas i like the lights on our christmas tree in the morning when i come down the stairs and it's peaceful and i can just sit on the couch and 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 pray and process I like the decorations that that Verda puts up I like our family getting together I like food I like gifts remember as a child I loved getting gifts but now as a dad and a grandpa there's there are fewer things that that are are, are more beautiful than seeing the light the eyes of my granddaughter light up when she sees a Christmas gift I just love the festiveness of the season. And there's nothing wrong with a festive Christmas season and us enjoying the celebration. Because really it should be the most celebrated season of the year. the thing I have to be careful of is that I don't miss the reason that I'm celebrating, that that I don't get so wrapped up in in the lights and and the decorations and and the food and and family and, and presents that I forget that God became man. That I forget that heaven came down. I'll read in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, the beautiful account of this happening. In Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, it says, this is how the birth of Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will be with child, and will give, and and will give, will give birth to a child, to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means. God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But they had had no union with her until she gave birth to her son and he gave him the name Jesus. Father, as we... Engage with this passage this morning. Would you help us to remember and understand the beauty of this moment in time. And the implications that it has for us today and throughout eternity. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You know, the thing that we see happening here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, is, is we come face-to-face with the virgin birth of Christ. And it's a doctrine that, that, we, that we tend never to look at except for this time of year, when we sing the songs about the virgin birth and the coming of Christ. But this virgin birth that we sing about and talk about falls on a great fault line of the Christian faith. It separates those who believe in the supernatural birth of Christ and those who believe that that Jesus was just a good man, a moral teacher or a prophet, but not the Son of God. It highlights the supernatural. You see, Jesus on one end of his life, we see his supernatural birth through the Holy Spirit. Him being conceived through the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. And and on the other side of his life, we see his miraculous resurrection from the dead. The two together are critically important to our faith. On one side, the supernatural birth. On the other side, the supernatural resurrection and ascension to the right hand of the Father. But on both ends, we see a holy God working, a miracle. And is it critically important that this virgin birth is important to us? Donald McCloyd said this about the virgin birth. He says that the virgin birth is posted on guard at the door of the mystery of Christmas. And none of us must think of hurrying past believe often we do that as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate the lights and the decoration and family and food, we hurry past this beautiful thing of the virgin birth. He says, he says, it stands at the threshold of the New Testament, blatantly supernatural, defying our rationalism informing us that all that follows belongs to the same order as itself, and that, it, that if we find it offensive, this thing of the virgin birth, there is no point in us proceeding further. In other words, if you don't believe this part of Scripture, this idea of the virgin birth, there's no point in you going on in the Scriptures and reading any more of the Bible. Because if you don't believe this... Why would you believe anything else that you find in Scripture? The virgin birth is critically important to our faith and our belief system. So what, how did this happen? This of the virgin birth. Mary becoming pregnant through the Holy Spirit. You know, Luke says in Luke chapter 1, verse 35, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He's speaking to Mary here. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And so, so exactly what took place when the Holy Spirit conceived a human life, this Jesus Christ in Mary's womb? Well, somehow it says that, and this idea of the Holy Spirit overcoming her, it overshadowed her. But honestly, we don't know exactly how it happens other than we know it was a miracle. But it has the same idea, this whole thing of the Holy Spirit overshadowing you as, as we find in the Exodus chapter 40 verse 25 when it says that, that Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And in Psalm 91 when it says that he will cover you with his feathers and his underlying wings and in him you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. So so these images that we see in Exodus and Psalm give us an idea of what happened when, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And in that moment, she conceived, when God overshadowed her, and surrounded her, and covered her, and only God could have done this, but through this virgin birth, God became man, without ceasing to be God. You see, I read this quote, and I can't remember who it was from, but it says, unlike every other human birth, Christmas is not a beginning, it is a becoming. Christ was not created, Christ came. In other words, he didn't have a beginning, he just became human. He always was the Son of God. When he was in the manger, he was the Son of God. When when he walked on the Sea of Galilee and did miracles, he was the Son of God. When he died on the cross, he was the Son of God. And when he resurrected from the dead and ascended to the right hand of the Father, he was the Son of God. He never ceased to be the Son of God, but he became man. And when he comes back one day, he will come back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will still be the Son of God. He always was and always will be. What we find hard to, to understand is how his, his humanity and, and, and his deity existed Together. And people that lived with Jesus in that time found that really, really hard. But it's sort of like, like my jacket covers up my shirt and, 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 and the, the, the pattern, you can't really see it because it covers it up. And Christ's humanity, in a sense, covered up his deity so that people couldn't understand that he was man and yet he was still God at the same time. His humanity, in a sense, obscured his deity. But John says that the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He always was God, but in this moment in time, he added humanity to himself. In order for Christ to be Savior, three conditions needed to be met. He, he had to be man. And so, so, because an angel couldn't die for our sins, he must share in our humanity. He had to be immortal because mortal man could not pay for the sins of the world. They could not pay the infinite price that has to be paid for our sins. And he also had to be innocent. He had to be perfectly clean. And his virgin birth guarantees that the Lord himself fulfills these three conditions. Because he was born of Mary, he was fully human. But because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was also fully God and he was sinless. Because he wasn't born of Adam, he was born of God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And because he was born holy, he is sinless in thought and word and deed, and therefore he qualifies to be our Savior because of the virgin birth. He is the God-man. One person possessing two natures. He is God incarnate. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Very, very important for us to understand that and to believe it as followers of Christ. Exactly how it happened and the details of it, we can't answer those clearly. It is by faith. We also can't answer how, when God said, Let there be light, that light appeared. But we trust in faith that He said it and it was. We don't understand how the resurrection happened. We just believe it did. Because of faith. So, so what difference? What difference does it make whether or not we believe in the virgin birth or not? I mean, is it really that important that I that I believe in the virgin birth. What difference does it make that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary? I think there are three implications as we look at it that we have to consider if we begin to doubt this virgin birth. The first one is it affects what I believe about biblical authority. Now, both Matthew and Luke teach about the virgin birth. And so immediately we're we're faced with this question, what will I believe about what Scripture plainly teaches? And if if Matthew and Luke both uh, speak of the virgin birth, very clearly speak of the virgin birth, and this is an issue today in the church. Some numbers would tell us almost half of the people, people in the church don't believe in the virgin birth. And when you, when you don't believe in the virgin birth, it begins to deteriorate, deteriorate your view of Scripture. And when we begin to, to doubt the, the virgin birth, we will doubt his miracles. We will doubt his, his resurrection. We will doubt everything about the New Testament when we begin to explain away the virgin birth. Because if you can't believe in the first miracle that we see in the New Testament, you can't believe in the last miracle, the resurrection. If you doubt the virgin birth, you will doubt the resurrection. You see, we can't just pick and choose the miracles and the things we believe that we read in Scripture. We either believe it all or we believe none of it. And so, what happens when I doubt the virgin birth? I will begin to doubt the authority of Scripture. There there is no middle ground here. The virgin birth matters. It will also affect what we believe about Jesus. Because the virgin birth forces us to confront what we believe about Jesus. Who is he? Where did he come from? Is he truly the son of God from heaven? Because if we don't believe in the virgin birth, if we don't believe in that miracle then we begin to bring into doubt who Jesus was and whether, whether he could really save us from our sins. Because is, is, he, is he just a prophet or is he more than a prophet? Is he just a great teacher or was he a great teacher and nothing more? Did he die a, martyr's, a tragic martyr's death? Is he really the divine teacher who came to teach us about and show us who God was? You see, the virgin birth forces us to, forces us to get off the fence with who Jesus was. It says we can't be neutral. We can't say that the virgin birth matters or doesn't matter and it not affect the way we see Jesus. And for those who struggle with with supernatural happenings, miracles will struggle with the virgin birth because it couldn't happen outside the fact that it was an incredible miracle that happened. Let's face it, it, it's it's a it's a beautiful, mysterious miracle that, that, that we are celebrating as the body of Christ during this season. Because the virgin birth makes his death and resurrection meaningful. His birth establishes his true identity. It makes him Messiah, Savior. It makes him king. And if you don't believe that the virgin birth could happen, then you have no hope of a Savior. No hope. Because he was just a good man. It affects what we believe about Jesus and who he was. And therefore, it will affect what we believe about salvation. Remember, because he was born of Mary, he was human. Because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was God. Therefore, he is able to stand in our place, take our guilt and our shame and our punishment upon himself. And if you don't believe in in the the miracle of the virgin birth, you begin to question whether Jesus really could die for your sins. Whether he is able to take your place, whether he is is able to, to take our guilt and our shame and our punishment that we deserve upon himself so that we could be free. If you can't believe in the virgin birth, you can't believe that... He is enough. Jesus said, in John 11, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Believing in Jesus means that I will believe in his virgin birth, his miraculous life that he lived, his death that atoned for our sins, and his resurrection that proved who he was. And Jesus says, if you believe in me, even though you die, you will live. Trusting in the virgin birth is critical to our faith. And when Luke says in Luke 1.35 that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, therefore the child will be born, will be called the Son of God, we must believe. If we want Jesus, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we have to believe what Luke reported here in Luke 1.35. And in verse 32, Luke says, He will be called the Son of the Most High. So as we think about this this festive season that we are in, that we enjoy, that we love. Let's not forget McCloyd's words to us that don't rush over this virgin birth. Don't get so caught up in the stuff and the celebration and the lights and the gifts and the food that we forget the beauty of what happened on that day when God became man. Because it is critically important to our faith and our eternity. Parents, I don't care if your child is three weeks old or 30 years old or 50 years old. Remind them. Remind them of this truth. Remind them that, in very simple words, that God put Jesus in Mary's tummy. Tell them the story. Don't rush over it to get to the presence. Remind them how critically important and beautiful this is. And the reason we're celebrating this is because of Jesus. Because of this incredible event that happened over 2,000 years ago. And as we sang it at, at the beginning of our worship time so let us let us come and adore him let's come and adore Christ the Lord and let us remember the beauty of the virgin birth and not run over it run past it to what's To something else because this is the best thing. The best thing that we can give our children is the reminder of what Christ did. For us, for them, for humanity. Come, let us adore him. Rejoice, heaven came down. Let's remember to celebrate his coming. Let's pray. Father, your word is true. Your miracles are amazing beyond our comprehension. And yet in spite of our inability Comprehend it is true and we thank you for the truth that heaven came down, that Jesus came in a miraculous way, lived a miraculous life, resurrected in a miraculous way for the forgiveness of our sins. Father, let us worship and celebrate this season that we find ourselves in.